Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome! Wow. To the shutdown full cast. The internet's only college football recruiting podcast brought to you by bannersociety.info. We are here today. Uh, you are hearing this, I believe, on or around or after National Signing Day. That applies to every day of the calendar. And there are now two signing days, so doubly so. Uh, Ryan and I are joined today by Alex Kirshner, also of bannersociety.web. Half the podcast is sick. I thought it was bannersociety.tk. <laughs> bannersociety.lv. So, so we can trick you into thinking we're in Las Vegas. Is that what that's for? Uh, yeah, that's, it means, La- it means Latvia. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Is so this like the time Richard – didn't, didn't Richard accidentally book a flight once to Birmingham, England instead of Birmingham, Alabama? Did I make that up? It's canon now. Hey, Richard, if you're listening to this, please please slack me and let me know if I made that up or not. Is is this what invented the Alabama or England game? Did Richard invent this? I don't think so. I think Alabama and England being the way that they are invented the Alabama or England game. But uh-huh. Watch 1917, by the way, if you want to do some Alabama or England. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it the, uh, what, walking four miles? That's a lot of exercise. Is is that yes. what does it? Was that how far we think they walked? Uh, it's not very far because they do a lot of sitting around, don't yeah. they? Because I kind of got the vibe that they're walking like all the way across France, but I realized they probably weren't walking all the way across. What France. would you? What's? I haven't seen the movie. What's their average foot speed when they're moving? Not when they're sitting and and expositing. Not, I mean, they're they're walking like with the urgency that like you might walk to the post office. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, like so, so, so with some some urgency, but not much. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like the post office is about to close, but it's Wednesday, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Right. That's that's what he's doing. Cool. I feel like I've served in World War One now. Thanks. It's kind of, to, to make the Alabama to Birmingham analogy, it's like you're walking from one end of the Hoover Mall to the other side. Well, typical recruiting recruiting coverage, just all about Bama. Just all about Bama and England. The two most Well, yeah. I mean, we want to talk about teams that didn't finish number one in recruiting. So. Wow. wow. Mm. Uh, okay, so this is the part where I say that I have almost no insight into what the current recruiting rankings are like I have a few scattered understandings. Um, but if you, if you just told me like, Hey, where's this team roughly, it would be kind of like me, you know, people who play a price is right game where you're like, Oh, you clearly have no idea how much detergent is. That's me with recruiting. You're like a politician trying to impress common folk. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the mountain climbers going way off. The, you're like, How's, how's, I don't know, give me a team and I'll see how I can do. Alex, throw out a team and I'll, let's see if I can get within 10 of their recruiting ranking. I'm not looking at a sheet, Jason. Okay. Utah. Uh, 33. You're fairly close. See? Am I I within 10? You're within five. They're 28th. Okay. Give me another one. LSU. Uh, five. Wow, you're only one off. Okay, I'm going to rock your world. Okay. Georgia Tech. I know Georgia Tech has been recruiting better, but they're they're still Georgia Tech, and Georgia is still Georgia. So I'm going to say 17. Mm. Did I overshoot? You you are within – you're within 10. Okay. They're 26. This is this. What, what about what about USC? They're probably they're they're doing pretty well. I know USC sucks, but I I'm I'm worried. 2024. Oh no. No. <laughs> no. Try again. They wish they, Try again. They wish they were, they wish they were You get a second you get a second one, Ryan. 34. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, 44? Oh no. well, well you're within oh. 10 now. Oh my god. So are oh. they they're they're not are they in the top fifty? Nope. Nope. Wow. So if you listen to this after uh, final national signing day, USC might have crept their way into the top 50. Um, looking right on, yeah, right <laughs> on into the top 50. <laughs> looking at their prospect lists, um, there's not a lot of warm, there's a lot of cool, so I don't think they'll be adding a whole lot of big names. But uh, yeah, USC is gonna finish outside the top 40, which is completely fucking insane. Should like, be last impossible. Year, Last year, USC finishing twenty. That was impossible. This is beyond impossible. This is this. So now this is me on prices, right? When when you're when it's like an item, I have no idea. When you're like, I don't know how much a jet ski is. I should. I grew up in Florida, but you're like, it's either eight hundred dollars or eighty thousand. Ryan, I think at this point you're playing um, prices right in a Fallout game, uh-huh. and the jet ski is like corroded and full of. Poison and it's on fire. Mirror alerts covered cover this jet ski. But these bottle caps, you want those? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, USC, I um for a project for BannerSociety.gov, probably a post and or newsletter uh, after signing day twenty twenty. Uh, 
the biggest piece of information from this is USC, what in the fuck are you doing? They are currently 47 spots behind their average finish of the entire internet ratings era, which basically 2020 back to 2002. Basically like when they started getting good. Yeah, basically. That's a little slight bit of an aberration, but even still, man, like if we'd had internet ratings back into the, you know, forties, thirties, I don't know if USC ever would have finished this low. (laughs) Um, Um, the, uh, let's see, look like looking at other teams, like in their general neighborhood, like, okay, FSU, they're not doing so awesome as of recording. They are 13 spots behind, but they have a first year coach. That's an easy, you know, clear, give them a break kind of thing. Miami, they're not doing so great. They're all of six spots behind their average, uh, you know, Texas five, like that is what classifies usually as like an, slightly below expectations kind of year. USC is, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're below Indiana. Is this like if LeBron James went out and just like in a finals game, you're like, yeah, he shot like two for 34. And I guess it's like that time James Harden did that. <laughs> guess where he's from. <laughs> um, does anybody know why USC is so bad this year? Well, Two two things I would say. Well, actually, one thing that's that's by far the biggest, so it should stand on its own. I think that recruits understand, like we all do, that Clay Helton is like not on great footing there. And but why? But okay. But why is that true this year and not last year? It's a good question. I, I think it at some point you just become incredulous about how long someone can kind of keep that that thing going. Okay. Like, I mean, like, we're all kind of gobsmacked that, I mean, he's probably a nice guy. He probably loves his family, but, like, <laughs> it's pretty wild that he remains in that job. Like, and I, like, it just seems very unlikely that he's so well in a year. But, hey, he's still there, so. The, um, I, I still have a lot of data to go through, and obviously they still have a signing day to finish, but this could be the worst finish ever by a, like, top ten recruiter. And it really might not be all that close. Like, where are they? Where are they in the uh, amongst their Pac-12 cohort at this? Because that to me is always wow. Well, like I, I say this because it's the flip of like South Carolina, for example. They sometimes they're tenth in the Pac-12. Ha- the Pac-12. Oregon State. Okay, yeah. Oregon State had a good year, so I can at least understand. But oh wow, they're below UCLA. Okay, never. Yeah, that I can't get behind. That I can't <laughs> also, understand. And this is the key thing to think about here that really puts into context how bad things are for them right now. This year, there are 30 blue chip recruits from the state of California. Arizona state at last check had six of them. USC had two. Wow. And this is another thing here is like, so two years ago after the first uh, early signing day, if you looked at USC with 13 commits ranked 52nd, you'd think, oh, they're just going to sign 10 four stars and they'll be fine. That's not an option. (laughs) Almost everyone signs the first time around this time. I was looking through the top 150 players. There's like four available. And the number one is the guy who's to Georgia for Georgia. And like, sure, USC mm-hmm. will take him. But like, and there's one who's who's committed to South Carolina but didn't sign, and is probably going somewhere else. Yeah, the other USC got him first. Yeah. yeah. So like, 
what what ha- I, I think what's confusing here is you know this sort of breaks the uh, the existing understanding of USC, which is that USC should always be some baseline of good, not necessarily like eleven win good, but nine win can win the division. You know, be be in the top twenty five good. What does this set up like for the next? Not this year for USC, but like. Is twenty? I'm trying to do the math. Is 2022 USC totally screwed? I guess is what I'm saying. I think they're going to be baseline okay for a bit because they have, despite how horribly they've recruited and performed, they still have a quarterback situation that should keep them near the top of the Pac-12 South most years. But I don't know. I mean, Keaton Slovis, I guess, could be in the NFL in 2022. So who's to say? There's also sort of like like there's a lot of long term trends here. Like yes, their athletic department is a big fucking mess and all that. Um, and yes, like Clay Hilton was easy negative recruiting bait <laughs> for the last two years. But um, like you know, there California is producing fewer and fewer defensive linemen. We have a post on that at BannerSociety.lv. Uh, you know, recruiting is truly nationalized for the top programs. Alabama can just raid USC for a top quarterback. The question there is why can USC not raid, you know, the South for defensive linemen? And the answer to that is that that's where you go back to play help. Um, well, and that's also where, like, you know, I know Alex has written the thing about what if they had hired Edo despite his gravelly voice? Like, and I think one thing that probably maybe the athletic administration didn't appreciate at the time was like, he was a big part of the recruiting pipeline to parts of the Southeast. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that they have effectively replaced that at this point. The funny thing is like, you know, say they, they finally cut the cord, hire a big name head coach, whatever. Guess where that first recruiting class is going to rank that. Well, the first short one will be, you know, top 15 or whatever. First full class. It's in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they chose this. They like this idea, and they stuck with it. The, you know, the, you know, the hardest part about signing day is um, you don't. It's not like it, it is. It is interesting that it's happening at the same time that we're doing um, doing politics. That's the most, <laughs> that's that's the like the simplest way I can put it at this point. But with politics, you have the option to drop out, like. You can say, hey, I'm Cory Booker, and I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't think it makes sense for me to keep going. I'm going to drop out. You can't drop out of signing day. Like, USC can't get up there and be like, well, we really want to thank all the recruits who fought for us, but, you know, we've decided, like, this is not our year in college football. We'll think about but what you can do. What you yeah. can do in signing day, and you can also do this in, like, the Iowa caucuses, is even when things are absolutely terrible for you, yeah. you can stand up there and be like, this class – has shown the world <laughs> right and, but that's the only like, thing you like can do yeah like you're you're ranked 52nd and you're usc and like yeah like you're joe biden and you're fifth and the iowa caucuses or whatever i mean we at the time we're recording this we don't know but like you can just say things are great and we're on to new hampshire or whatnot and and you're set so, so you're, is what, I, what i'm hearing is mayor pete 2021 usc head coach notre dame though yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, listen, he's wiped away. He's he's like explained away McKinsey. He can explain away South Bend. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I also I'm realizing that I was a Clay Hilton semi defender because this past season went fine considering quarterback injuries and all that. Uh, because I assumed the early signing day surge would come because it always does for Pac-12 teams, particularly for USC. It didn't at that point. Clay <laughs> Hilton lost his only defender. It was me. This is why we should also like if there's anything we can learn from the co- the Iowa caucuses. Spoiler: There's not. But if there is, it should be that we should also be able, like, teams should be able to take their classes. And, like, if USC looks at this class and they're like, fuck, this isn't good enough, like, we should just punt on this class. They should be able to send them all, like, like USC, UCLA, and, um, I don't know, Arizona should be like, fuck it. They all go to Arizona State now. We're going to build an Arizona State behemoth that can that can compete with Oregon because we think that would be funny and good. We don't want Oregon to be good. We're fine with Herm Edwards being good for a little. So, like, we're going to caucus with them, and you get all our recruits this year. You know, Put them it, over here. One thing USC could do is pull a UAB, like cancel Self, football. Self-destruct. Just cancel football for one year. Mm-hmm. And then you have this, like, big heartwarming public thing where the NCAA can't tell you you know, oh no, you can't stack your roster with like three recruiting classes at once and all that. Right. And then there you go, problem solved. Yeah, yeah. USC could just Tulane this thing. They what? what? Private school. Mean so many. Like, we're we're, we're I, done. Just be like, we're done. We're done with this football thing. We're gonna cut our scholarships. Go and play in the Mountain West. I like the UAB idea because they have like a credible case for it at this point where they can say like, look, obviously we're in the middle of this like varsity blue scandal. Shit's pretty fucked up. You know, we think it would be best if we just like put the football program on ice for two years. And then when it like, but I think the key with the UAB thing is you have to make it somebody else's fault so that you can fundraise off of it. So you can Mm -hmm. be like, look what those fat cats in Sacramento did to the proud Trojans (laughs) give today so we can, Return to glory. <laughs> it is hard to do this as a private school. <laughs> <laughs> Look what Aunt Becky did to us. Um, Alex, I know you have some thoughts on California as a state as well, vis-a-vis the state we're Yeah, I think it's a beautiful state. Okay. I was there last summer. That's it? Pebble That's it. So uh, next segment. Here's our Pebble Beach next segment. segment. Uh, I think that California is declining uh, in its capacity as a producer of high-end football talent. So for, I believe, the first time in the recruiting rankings era, um, and certainly at least since these rankings became like fairly accurate, Georgia has now surpassed California in blue-chip recruits to come out of the state. Uh, this year, there were... 30 in California and 36 in Georgia. The last couple of years, California had been hanging on. It was like 48 to 40. Uh, They almost equaled out in 2017. But other than that, for the most part, California's had, you know, a a pretty significant advantage and been up there with Texas and Florida, which makes sense because these are very popular states um, as like the top three states for four and five star recruits. Uh, But Georgia's population is, I understand, growing rapidly and we've talked about this amongst ourselves that like high school football in georgia is becoming a lot more professionalized coaches are seeing it as a stepping stone and like it's a uh not you know some see it as a a stepping stone and some see it as you know a destination place to coach high school football uh and the players are just really really good in georgia now 
And I think you're seeing that with Georgia sort of supplanting USC, I think the last couple of years, along with Alabama and Ohio State as like the recruiters. Part of the reason USC's fallen out of that group is all of USC's bullshit that we've discussed at length. But part of it is that Georgia just is overflowing with good football players now. So Kirby Smart probably deserves a little, a little less credit than he gets. Um, <laughs> now you're speaking our language. <laughs> but um, yeah, Georgia's, Georgia's going to keep being a top five recruiter forever. Like they're not going to have seasons where they like sign like the number 15 class. It's just not going to happen. See, so I, dis- George, I disagree. Georgia's going to be an Alabama level recruiter for a while. I disagree that Kirby Smart doesn't get credit for that because it's not like A – it, while while the strength of Georgia as a whole, uh, as a state, is 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 significantly bigger than it was before, it's not like it wasn't anything five ten years ago, and so much of I think what got Mark Richt in tr- Mark Richt in trouble was like the failure. Like people really didn't like seeing Deshaun Watson go to Clemson, and the fact that while Clemson is good. While Alabama and LSU and Auburn are all close by, while Tennessee is trying to get in, while Florida State, Florida, like the fact that the fact that um, Kirby is still like, yeah, I know they're they're local, but it's not like the competition is that far away or like geographically or talent wise. And the fact that he is largely holding them off or holding his own, depending on your perspective, I still like. I, look, I'm not like usually let's give Kirby Smart a ton of credit, but I do think he deserves a little more than that. Sure. If, if I can temper that with two words on the subject of letting talent leave the state, those would be Justin Fields. He did leave the state. That's true. He, he left not only the state, but also the roster. <laughs> but but not on signing day. That's the important That's thing. Not on signing day. I understand. Get him, get him, get him on campus. If get there's him. anything Dan Snyder has taught us, it's that signing day is where championships happen. <laughs> okay? Fair enough. This is, I'm, I'm just going to keep slowly in the background building my case that Kirby Smart is Mark Richt. Um, and. Yeah. This season is a pivotal one for that. If you go but back, I, w- I would also add that, like this year, the, the the school that is out recruiting its usual, you know, place in the hierarchy by the most is Georgia Tech, which is we said earlier they're like number twenty six and might be able to go a little higher. Part of that is that they're no longer recruiting option kids. I mean, no doubt that is a, a significant factor in their recruiting being better. So this is their first year without that and without a first year coach, but also like you know, they're in Georgia. So I think you're going to see Georgia Tech being just like a significantly better recruiter than it was under Paul Johnson. There's uh, also a third factor that like, like Paul Johnson didn't care about recruiting, you know, that like, too. That too. it would have yeah. been fascinating to see what you could do as a flexible recruiter in Atlanta with a school with academics that like shorten your list of potential candidates, but like strengthen you in the eyes of others. Yeah, if you cared, you know. <laughs> so, so the the other this is to I me mean, like the Georgia Tech is a good example of this. The most depressing thing about signing day, if you want a reason to be depressed about signing day, is that like you can have a really good class, but because of the way football works, like it really is so relative at this point. Where you know you take Georgia Tech currently sitting twenty sixth and two four sevens team team ratings. You're like, okay, that's pretty good. Well, Florida State is 20th, and UNC is 18th, and Miami is 17th, and, uh, you know, Clemson's way up there. Clemson's, Clemson's third right now. Like, 
there is this, I think of this mostly because there's always the SEC team that has a good year where you end up saying, wow, you know, South Carolina finished eighth in recruiting this year or something. And you're like, yeah. And they're fourth in their division or some shit like that. There, it is, it is, it is such a like relative power struggle that where it's, it always seems odd to me that we talk about where you finish nationally, because in some cases it doesn't matter at all. Like to me, the USC story is, it's much more interesting to me that USC is 10th in the Pac-12 than outside of the top 50 nationally, because like, to put it gently, I wasn't sure how many Pac-12 schools would be in the top 50 nationally. (laughs) The uh, the best example there this year, at least as of now, this could definitely fluctuate on signing day, but Auburn is seventh in the country, fifth in the division. Yeah. Fifth in the conference, excuse me, fourth in the division. But they have to play Georgia anyway, so basically fifth. God, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> sucks bad. Like South Carolina, uh, like their average class is 20th. They're 19th. They're improving. They're yeah. 18th in the conference. Yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky is right behind uh, Tech among the Power Five. Georgia Tech, excuse me, I'm from Georgia, so I call them Tech. Uh, Kentucky in the Power Five in this year's like overachieving recruiters. They are ninth in the SEC <laughs> ahead of all the teams who change coaches and or ADs, Vanderbilt. Um, I also like that the 247 rankings don't um, don't make us choose between parts, different parts of college football. Like <clears throat> FCS is mixed in here. The Ivy League is mixed in here, whatever. So you, you, do, get, you do get some really fun results because of that. And, oh, and yeah. that's the thing I've always appreciated about um, – about these rankings is you, you get to play like, okay, uh, army, for example, the place where there are literal, literal restrictions on who you can recruit. The government says who can play army football one spot ahead of UMass, the place that anyone can play football at. Literally independent. (laughs) They can do total anarchy. (laughs) Like uh, my favorite of this on early signing day was uh, Arkansas for a while was behind not only San Jose State to whom they lost on the field but also uh, Princeton I believe a uh, a football factory didn't Arkansas just lose a quarterback to San Jose State in a transfer too Arkansas has been on an unbelievable they did they did and they they have been on an unbelievable run where remember the game that got Chad Morris like fired fired they lost to WKU by like a great sum at home. Do you remember that? I, I mean, you could tell me any Arkansas game was the one that got him fired, fired. I believe his quarterback was an Arkansas transfer who, who some people, and we are not, we are not giving, we don't know that the absolute facts, this, but some people, um, some Arkansas fans were under the impression that Chad Morris had run this kid off. Yeah. And he goes to WKU. He beat Arkansas by like a lot and scored multiple rushing and passing touchdowns. And then they lost a quarterback to, the other non-excellent group of five team that beat them at home last year. Not good. And then now Nick Starkle is the quarterback who I believe, I don't know if it's official or not, but rumoredly, uh, no, it is, it is, it seems to be uh, correct. So this last year he played San Jose state through five interceptions and uh, Arkansas lost by seven. And now he will be playing for San Jose State, which is that, is that a multi-game series? Is there is there more? Let's see. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> While y'all look that up, I just want to point out uh, Princeton ranks ahead of Hawaii in the recruiting rankings. That Amazing. You have a wrong brain. Tennessee State is not on the schedule again, so the hardest can rest easy. Good to know. Good to know. You know, uh, our scheduled Notre Dame this year. Was it yeah. At Notre Dame. That's going to be great, honestly. Yeah. Also, uh, they're, they're going to lose to Nevada, too. Can Nevada, we? Nevada. This, that's a PAPN thing. Yeah, go, yeah. It, go on PAPN if you want to fight about how Nevada is pronounced. Um, can we talk about our personal signing days and how they – I mean, I don't know about y'all, but yes, I was not heavily recruited. <laughs> what, what order do we want to go in here? I think we decided probably that – Jason, you this is this is somewhat predictive. You had the least involved college process. Alex, it sounds like you had the most involved and I was somewhere in between. Sure. So Jason, let's start with you, your journey to Kennesaw State. Start to finish. Go. Uh basically GPS. <laughs> <laughs> like uh twelfth grade. It's kind of like, it was weird, man. It was really weird. Like, I didn't meet with academic advisors in high school Mm -hmm. or college. Uh, Just sort of showed up one day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Did you you do, like, is Kennesaw the only place you applied? Yep. (laughs) Right. They got it in one. (laughs) Yep. One one take, one shot. I like that because... I don't know what I would have done if I'd been rejected. I like that because you're you are like the wide receiver who throws one pass in a game in the box score. You're like one for one for thirty eight yards. Hell yeah! Uh-huh. Hell yeah! Okay, Alex, what is the far the farther end of this spectrum look like? I mean, I didn't apply to that many schools. I applied to five. Uh, I did not get into Northwestern, which was the the reach wow. uh, for me. Wow. So that was that was so, so so to be official, not a Medill grad. Not a Medill grad officially, though I did think about getting all of us t shirts that said that when I was there for my brother's graduation <laughs> because my brother was a better student than me and did go to Northwestern. Okay. okay. Uh, but I thought about getting us those t shirts. Didn't still could. Who knows we'll be back. Um I it wound up coming down for me to Wisconsin and Maryland. I had, had fun at Wisconsin. Ooh. Madison is a fun, fun place. I'd gone there when I was like I had a cousin who went there. And so I went there when I was like a sophomore in high school. And I remember just like having a great time going to a hockey game. I was really confused because after that, we went to a pregame, he said. And I was like, is there like another game tonight? Like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what, is, what, is, what is this pregame? Uh, I was like very, very confused by that. Um, and then, you know, so I had a good time there. But in the end, Wisconsin was a little far. So I kind of did the GPS thing as well and went to Maryland. I, I thought about Penn State, but didn't want to go there for various reasons. What what graduating high school class are you? Uh, 12, 2012. How much paper mail did you get for colleges? Um, I got a lot of paper mail. Yes, so much paper mail. Um, and in fact, I have my school that I remember. Yeah. Like, these guys sent me the most paper mail. Okay. For me, for me it was Arcadia University. Where in, is that? I think in Philly or somewhere in Pennsylvania. Not in Philly. Arcadia. Uh, it sounds like its own country. 
It's in Glenside, Pennsylvania, which is uh, in. It's near a Walmart for sure. It's not. It's it's kind of north of Philly. Yeah, it's near Philly. Okay, that seems like that seems like. I mean, this looks like a pretty nice. No, no, no. You know the thing we got to do because we're on the internet. We say it's in Philly. Right. Right. And then you just wait for someone. Right. That's actually a great way to kind of virally market your podcast. It's just to like say something's in a city and then just wait for people from that city. Again, this is another example of like, man, I don't know why people, people bother leaving Google reviews for a college. This is great. This school needs to get their priorities straight. This school is more like a traveling agency than it is a university. They are number one in study. This is what this person said aboard. Who cares? <laughs> boat school. <laughs> hey, can we make a hat that says boat school? Yes. There are some really rough Google reviews for, for this college. I was assuming most of them will be about like the food court. I no, just it's different. It's like no, it's 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 much different. It's like very very in-depth things about what they're disappointed in with the school or what they loved about it. Well, they, they're, they're in many ways, like, they're like a hotel review. Housing was deplorable. Mice, roaches, poorly insulated walls and windows, no security. Fire alarms go off weekly. And the apartment building still has original elderly residents who constantly complain and cause issues with this. What are you talking about? Are you telling me that Arcadia has a dorm where students never left? Like they graduated forty years ago, but they couldn't kick them out, so they just lived there now. Can I read the real, the real all star review of sure. on Google? One star out of five by Duck Duck. They say school is diverse, or they are trying to make it that way. That is wonderful. Unfortunately, there is racism against white people that goes on, and the school does nothing about it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. How many stars went with that review? <laughs> One star review. But now I see why they mailed me so much stuff. Because yeah. you, don't, you don't want me on the internet. That's Yeah, that's right. But but you wouldn't go on the internet to look for them, but for the... I don't know. I just... I find it... I don't know if I'm comforted or disquieted by the fact that in, in you know you graduated over a decade after I did from high school. In colleges, we're still doing the, like, just dump a fucking bunch of mail at you. Yeah. Alex, did they send you memes of, like, you photoshopped on the cover of, like, Fortune magazine? And they're, like... I never got edits, which pissed me off. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't do that for no. potential poli-sci slash journalism majors. Did you have UNC's defensive coordinator DMing you information about colleges? The offensive coordinator, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. Excuse me. You won't say who. Um, it could be anyone. I, I that's, maybe, that's why I messed that up, Alex. I maybe had a more involved college yeah, shirts than, than you did. I, although you did a thing I did not do, which was um, college visits. You you did at least one college visit, it sounds like. I did a couple. Did uh did Wisconsin and did Maryland. I remember the Maryland one because that was the day the U.S. killed bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel then that it was your patriotic duty to it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was I felt like if I come, you know, to the to the University of Maryland, it'll be great for the national security. That's right. Seal t- that, every time you look at that turtle statue, do you think we got him? <laughs> do you think SEAL Team Six before they went in, they were like, All right, go Terps. Turtle team six, sir. <laughs> 
fear. Hey, hey, Bin Laden, time to fear the turtle. Play, play him. <laughs> Do it for the fridge. <laughs> the Maryland accent, the one where like every vowel is back and has an umlaut. <laughs> yeah, um, not yours. I'm not yours. I did not. So I did not do any college visits because I didn't. I didn't realize that was a thing people did until it was way too late in the process. And I think my parents intentionally like didn't bring it up because they didn't. It does sound terrible. Like, hey, go travel potentially far away with your kid to look at a place that might cost you a bunch of money to figure out if they'll like it based on like two two nice days in the spring or some shit like that. So they. They never suggested it was a possibility. I didn't ask about it. So I applied to places that, in retrospect, I'm like, that would have been fucking, like, I applied to the University of Chicago. If I had gone to Chicago and had just, like, never been to the city or the university, that's a fucking wild-ass decision on my part. I will also say, I applied to Notre Dame. (laughs) I don't actually know why I did that. I just did. that, too? I I I, I, I think he did. I applied to Notre Dame. I got into Notre Dame, and I remember getting the acceptance letter and looking at it and just being like, "Oh no, I don't want to do that." Yeah, I'm not doing that at all. Um, you still have it? No, I don't have that acceptance letter. Uh, Chicago is weird because part of their interview process, part of their application process, rather, is they do an in-person interview with you. But if you're not in Chicago, they like find a local alum to come to your house and like interview you. So we had this guy, this stranger came to our house, this Chicago alum living in North Tampa at like, and we like gave him, we made like a cheese plate and he sat in our living room and talked to me about a college he had he was like yeah i haven't been back in like 15 years i don't know how much has changed blah 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 what, so was it was it lovey smith in it town was not, it was regrettably coach the bucks it was regrettably not lovey smith um but that was a weird thing i remember but yeah ultimately um yeah i just went to florida because that shit was cheap yeah it turns out turns out if you can go to college for cheap you should do that you should do oh, that yeah. thing. It's not a not a bad idea. Instead of the not cheap thing. Like the only thing states are good for, like states are states are imaginary, fake, terrible for the country and all that stuff. But like when it comes to cheap college, states are very important. I'm gonna go ahead and see what University of Florida of Florida's um <clears throat> Google reviews look like. Sporting a positive four point three. So that's good to see. Um that's pretty good some pretty good some pretty good reviews here overall i gotta say five star five star five star now are these like useful no one uh it's big and beautiful campus a lot of gator vibes don't know what that means if you know you know uh not sure why people give google reviews to a university but might as well uf is great you left that one that was Uh, you regrettably i did not I live in the same town as where this university is. <laughs> I've been there and it's awesome. <laughs> How old do we think? That's, that's, we like that. that's that's like a nice a nice review by like a high school student right there. Okay, wait, I found a one star review. Um Gurnals. This one doesn't even make sense. I can't read it. It's like so incoherent. Uh okay, here we go. Here's a good one. 
great education program. If you are a billionaire, got him. If you're a billionaire, you shouldn't go to UF. I'm going to be honest. What, what, like, what are we getting at there? Are they are they teaching like trickle down economics or something? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But if you're a billionaire, you shouldn't go to college. Uh, we have one that's like we have one here that's like a like a customer service was terrible type review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it just occurred to me. There's probably somebody who's made a college decision based on these reviews. Yeah. Cause like, well, like think about it. You're, you're driving through town. You're like, you know what I could really go for? And like, you, you just know, pull out your phone. The passenger in your car is like, what? Like donuts. And you're like, nah, college. <laughs> a four year bachelor's right. degree. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be here a while <laughs> we better pick the right one <laughs> yeah these people are harsh i say this but it's not like us it's not like the official rankings are that much right are, are, are like that much better no not at all man I'm yeah a one star review here that just gives them one star because aaron hernandez went there Hey, you know what? They got they where's they got answer for that. We're all accountable for things. When you think academic shame, you think Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, sheesh. Someone left a one star of you saying the teachers all had ligma and gave it to me. Oh wow. That's definitely Florida. Also, folks, uh, hours before signing day, we have some late breaking news. Michigan State is making a coaching change. So we are joined, as always, by Spartans insider Brian Floyd for the latest. Floyd, what can you tell us? All right. So last week, Lil Wayne dropped an album called Funeral. And on it, there's this song called Know You Know with Two Chains. And here's the thing that I've been trying to figure out for the last like three or four days. And yeah, we know this has nothing to do with anything, but who cares? On it, there's a lyric that says, I'll buy her an Acura, tell her to drive it to Africa. And it's, it's basically 2 chains saying, I'm rich enough to buy you a car and tell you to go away. Except I was trying to figure out, can you actually do this, right? Can you buy an Acura, drive it off the lot on a dealership somewhere, and drive it to Africa? Which you'd think logically, like, you can't because you think of Acuras as American cars. We're made in America, we're buying in America, and that's not really possible. So we were talking this morning and decided to make it a challenge to figure out where you can legally buy an Acura at a dealership and drive it to Africa with a couple of like caveats to this. The first is we're going to ignore all regional, domestic, geopolitics, borders, et cetera, because that gets really confusing. The -hmm. second one is you have to be able to plug it in on Google Maps and have Google say it is technically possible. So it'll give you like a route. And the third is that uh, Google has some weird rules around China where you can't actually get out of China, um, which will come into play here. China so has we're going, like that too. Yeah. So we're going to be able to drive to the border and then go from there in terms of uh, routes if we need to take them. Cool? Cool. So the first thing you need to know about Af- Acura is that you would assume it's a Japanese car, right? Like a lot of people put, plug that connection in. You can't buy one in, in Japan. Some of them are made there. Parts of them are made there but it's just the division of Honda that they kind of gave to America and parts of the world and said, here, take this. So when I was trying to figure out where to start, I just stupidly started looking for accurate dealerships in like Siberia before going, Oh, let's see where you can actually find it. So what we have is some options here. The first one is uh, 
Kuwait, which is a very easy option. You just drive it across and go right into Africa. It's actually pretty easy. But if we're looking for the furthest, you need to go to Ukraine or China and figure out how to navigate from there. The rest of them are all out, Mexico, North America, Canada. You can't drive it around. So Jason, where, where should we start here? Man, so uh, what if we start with the short, like, let's start with the Ukraine since that's closer. So Ukraine's not technically difficult, although in researching it, I found one like little wrinkle to it that kind of stops your journey in a place it needs to stop. But um, you can basically drive down through the Middle East and end up, so you go like Ukraine, Georgia, Turkey, uh, Syria, Lebanon, Israel, Egypt. Now, the last part of the trip gets tricky. You have to stop in Egypt. They don't, um, apparently, they don't allow you to cross borders if you have Israel passport stamps into Africa. But this could be a challenge because he did not say drive it, does. To, yeah, drive it to Sudan. He, he specified Egypt or he specified exactly. just Africa, not a specific country you have to read. Right. Exactly. So that was one of the caveats that I was working on there as well is like you just had to get into kind of mainland. You had to cross the Suez, is how I was marking it. Mm-hmm. So. It's doable there, but that's actually a pretty short journey. Um, the real fun is you can make a journey that's longer and it takes longer just to get out of China. And so that's what we're going to figure out how to do. <laughs> now, now, with this one, did you like, did you just trace on Google Maps like with your finger because it won't actually tell you? No, no, no. So what I did was figure out where the Acura dealerships are for, for accuracy, like down to the mile. So you can actually go find Acura dealerships in um, Shanghai and a couple other places. Shanghai looked like was the furthest and so I mapped from Shanghai to the borders of certain countries to see um, what was actually possible and how long it would take what I found was Kazakhstan was probably the best bet okay I I haven't I have I should preface that I didn't take any physics classes in high school or college do we think somebody who listens to this podcast can can give us an estimate of how high the ramp on the Strait of Gibraltar would need to be and how fast the and for an Acura going at top speed to ramp across Gibraltar into Ceuta, this, the small Spanish territory in, I believe, the northwestern corner of Africa, to just, to just sort of ramp over the Strait of Gibraltar and I know people are saying, like, you can't do that, but there's a little documentary called Fast 9 coming out, which I think suggests mm-hmm. that cars are capable of much more than we think. So that mm-hmm. is what I would like somebody to calculate. Uh, the rough estimate I am seeing online is that it is 30 nautical miles, um, which normally would take a boat, which is much slower than an Acura, obviously, and can't ramp at all, between five to seven hours. So that's that's the ramp. That's the jump I want somebody to calculate. Can like how far back does this ramp need to be, and how high does it need to get? And we're assuming Dominic Toretto is driving. Correct. Correct. Does it have that little like grappling hook thing, like you see in the trailer for the new one? Like, can we use that? I I don't know what it will grapple to, since it will there be in, the, in there, the middle of in, in the middle of helicopters. the uh, sea. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> now we're thinking. I, I was thinking like there are mountains like sort of to the east of Morocco. Because, right. like, okay. obviously, it's going to launch at the speed of light and go, like, 100 miles mm-hmm. or so miles, and then it'll pull you in. But helicopters are very good thinking. Okay. 
Okay. Now we've it's just like you set them up like it's a uh, what is it? One of the video games where you're just kind of grappling from helicopter to helicopter. Right? Yeah, you're playing. Uh, what is that? Bionic Arm Man? That one? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is doable. So right, so, so we're back in Shanghai. Doable is that is that correct? That is correct, and we're we're gonna go from Shanghai. So we're driving off the lot in Shanghai now. Um, and it looked like taking a combination of old silk roads that are now highways will lead you to Kazakhstan and um, towards the possibility of making it to Africa. So the I, route that I took... Oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, well, no, please, go ahead. No, I, I have a separate thing. I want you to finish. So that'll take you about 40 hours. That's just kind of like where we're starting there. Go ahead. I just like, what is the point of having a president who is a Russian asset if we can't, <laughs> if we can't get the land bridge between Russia and Alaska built so that we can say, yes, you can buy an Acura in Kansas and drive it all the way to Africa. Like, what is, like you, look, I have accepted that this is just the world we live in and there's nothing to do about it. But can we get some fucking perks? Can we build the highway across the goddamn Bering Strait already? And when we say highway, we mean, of course, Acura ramp. Acura yeah. ramp, that's right. With so we can with Are you telling me President Space Force couldn't be talked into build an Acura ramp in Alaska? The branch of our big beautiful military, the Acura ramps. Ramp Force. <laughs> the um, Floyd, when you were first uh, researching this matter, I suggested going south of the Himalayas through uh, through India because there are a mm-hmm. lot of. Did you did you did your uh, think tank? look into this at all uh no to be honest i looked at the himalayans and, get, and thought about the acura trying to make it through those and was like eh. we're, going, we're, going, we're going around them and under them okay that's actually possible now i haven't looked at it and you can see where the limitations of my time were because i was doing it while juggling a baby this morning yeah okay. but you, know, you did this correct you know what sucks is that spencer's gonna now pitch us on like hey let me go. Let me go do this. Oh, no, no. Well, Spencer listens to this. So he'll lay out the exact roads you take through Southeast Asia. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I did this. I did this. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get uh, our old buddy Ryan Van Bibber. He'll be like, oh, yeah, I did this. In the- <laughs> <laughs> I took that um, trip. It's wild. <laughs> so the India route I actually ended up looking at was, uh, you have China handled. You have China figured out. You've, you've mastered the route to China. Um, Mm -hmm. I was looking into how far can our ferry game take us? Because I I believe you mentioned that ferries are allowed, like we're not, you're not allowed to ship the boat across the ocean, but if it's a, if it is a regularly running ferry, Mm -hmm. like a, like a ferry that commuters use basically. So there's a ferry from Singapore to Indonesia. Uh, (laughs) Okay. If you're in Indonesia, then you can just drive right across to Papua New Guinea. Uh, and I found there is a website where they will ship you a 97 Acura from Philadelphia to Papua New Guinea. It says right there, 1997 Acura NXX for sale in Papua New Guinea. Uh, it's 66000 base, so I imagine the shipping looks like triple that. But uh, mm-hmm. if, we, if we were to do away with the dealership stipulation, we could do it from somewhere even further east than Tokyo. But at that point... Um, I feel like we're bending multiple rules here. Where's Elon well, so Musk's car at this point? Uh, it's so, in space, right? Right. But like, do we know where in space it is? 
So we'll shoot it out of the sky and it'll land <laughs> in, uh, somewhere in the Sahara where it's not in danger. Yeah. <laughs> is, See, is, that, is that Junior Floyd's first appearance on our podcast? <laughs> that is, I think. Sorry. He was very happy with this. Sorry, buddy. Um, here's the so thing. So the premise of the yeah. lyric, by the yeah. way, and this is where it works for Jason's advantage, is that you're rich enough to just buy a car and tell someone to drive until they like get somewhere. So that does work if you were like, yeah, I got a, a dealership that shifts it to this exotic country. Go get your car. It's four times the price. Sure. The other I was looking into, if we say ferries are allowed, is you can take a ferry from Morocco to Gibraltar. Then you can take a ferry from uh, France to England. Then you can take a ferry from the north of Scotland to the Faroe Islands to Iceland. There are, there are ferries all this way. I was furious to discover there is no ferry from Iceland to Greenland. Greenland mm-hmm. And then Greenland is very far away from Canada, actually. Like, you think it's like, oh, it's right there. Like, no, it's super fucking far away. Yeah, Mercator projection, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, you could do it from Iceland. You could, you could drive from Iceland and Morocco. I don't know. It, it feels like getting out of Morocco is going to be easier than getting out of Egypt. So, like, perhaps you could drive all the way around the west coast of Africa. Perhaps you could all the way down. I didn't get that far, but you could drive. If ferries are allowed, you could purchase an Acura, have it shipped to the name of the city in Iceland is Akurayiri. I'm sorry, there's an Acura city? (laughs) It's spelled as follows. A-K-U-R-E-Y. That says Acura in Iceland. Yeah, that's Acura right there. Yeah, man. So, like, it's 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 literally written on the the signage all throughout Iceland. They want your Acura to be driven to um, Equatorial Guinea. Uh, here's two things. One, as children of the '80s, I think we can all agree that it sucks that we're in 2020 and we don't have cars that can drive across the ocean. Like, I understand the limitations and why this makes sense, but like. What have we been doing for the last 35 years? Science, like way to do nothing. Um, two, the, the discussion we're having right now, inane and stupid as it is, it's not wildly different from the ones, the original, like, like this is basically what Magellan did at one point. Just sat around with oh, his yeah. buddies and he was like, yeah, if you go here, you go over this way, you know, you are, did Magellan get cannibalized? Did I make that up? No, he got hit by an Acura. <laughs> so also, you can go, you can take, uh, Australia has ferries as far north as Mabuiag Island. I'm sorry for mispronouncing that. Uh, and Papua New Guinea has ferries. To down. all our listeners out there, by the way, sorry. Yeah, to me. all you folks there on this island, um, <laughs> they have a uh, three-star hotel. Might want to check out. There are ferries from Papua New Guinea to islands that are like, very close to this island. They're just not linked. If we can link those, like, and this is beyond the rules, so I'm not going to propose it, but if there were just one ferry linking those two countries, then you could drive from Tasmania to Egypt. What if you just ramped from one ferry to the other ferry? Okay, as long as you get one ramp, yeah, we can pull yeah. this off. Yeah. Helicopters. Um, I think you can actually do this from New Zealand with one ramp. So what we need to do is collect a bunch of money and start a lobbying effort and make this a reality, right? Like, let's oh, fight oh, for we're fair. gonna we're gonna do a, 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 an infrastructure boondoggle? Hell yes! Actually, oh yeah, New Zealand is super fucking far away from everything too. It's amazing New Zealand is populated. Go on, um, go on. Um, yeah. So Acura, two chains, 
both, if you guys want to team up, give us the money. Uh, we'll do this. We'll we'll make Spencer do this. We will. I don't know. I, I don't want to commit to it. as the EIC. I don't want to commit to it being content. In some ways, it's funnier if we just say, "Yeah, go do this." And then we say, yeah, "We're not. <laughs> we're not publishing that." So, like, it's not even a podcast while Spencer is 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 ramping from Australia to Indonesia. To be clear, Spencer is frequently incapable of podcasting from a stationary position, and now you want to send him halfway around the world and tell him to podcast from inside Nakura. I think what this means is we are riding along with him. Uh, recording a podcast. Oh, I can't do I got stuff. I can't do this. But it's, uh, yeah, I haven't told you which year it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mark D'Antonio out at Michigan State. More breaking news from Brian Floyd, Michigan's Maven Insider specialist, doctor. <laughs> Thank you, Floyd. 